It's time for Crack the Customer Code, the ultimate podcast to help you unlock the secrets to understanding and connecting with your customers. Now, it's time for your hosts, the wonder twins of customer experience, Adam Toporek and Jeannie Walters. Jeannie, after all of these years doing this podcast together, one thing I've never given you is a basic test of math skills. Well, why would you start now? <laughs> because I want to see if you're able to tell me what 500 minus 1 is. Uh, well, I can handle that. We are on episode 499. Can Boom. you believe it? <laughs> Boom. It's insane. And this episode, just like every other episode this season, by the way, this episode is brought to you by Forethought. With customer expectations higher than ever, that clunky chatbot, that's not cutting it anymore. Forethought goes beyond traditional chatbots by infusing human-centered AI that understands your customer's sentiment and intent. Now you can empower customers to self-serve, automatically route tickets to the right agent, and enable agents to resolve cases faster, all on one AI-powered platform. It's time to think, think outside. outside the, the bot. bot. <laughs> we tried to Oh, get we that. nailed it. We nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. You've seen that show too many times. <laughs> <laughs> Learn more about human-centered AI and how you can get a $100 gift card by visiting forethought.ai slash ctcc. And what does CTCC stand for, Adam? Oh, we're testing in both directions. Crack the customer code, Janie. Why, of course. That's right. Of course. Forethought.ai slash CTCC. So here we are. It's episode 499, which means you and I have done this 499 times, which is crazy. <laughs> Yes, I, I I have the scars. If we, <laughs> the, I have the the wrinkles. If 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 we did video, y'all could see what what is, what is that. We should have oh, done man. before and after shots. Like with, we like, with the, the like with the presidents are all you know they go in with hardly any gray and they all come out gray. Right. Yeah, exactly. That, that's about what happened. But you know, it's been a ride to say the least. And one thing that's interesting, you know, I've thought about Nostradamus mm. and. You know, Nostradamus has sort of become like a, a phrase, like it's like a word we use for somebody who can see the future. But the thing is, he was wrong about a ton of stuff. Like, he really That's wasn't true. that accurate. And what's interesting as we uh, are sailing off into the sunset here is to think about where, what were we saying was going to be happening in 2022 back when we started this podcast? It's a good question. And I think when we look at where we started, which was, by the way, 2014 for those of you keeping track i know um, wait, first of all audience dear audience uh, i believe in your math skills i knew you could handle it Jeannie was the one who had to give you the number i'm just saying i'm just making it easy you know I, i'm I know. all about the effortless experience. hassle-free exactly this is a half <laughs> hassle-free experience for everyone well we we did a little uh, digging and looked back on 2014 and we decided to look at what were some of those trends that you know, the big wigs, the Nostradamai, is that plural? Nostradamai? We're going to Latinize it. We're going to go <laughs> Nostradamai. <laughs> um, what they were predicting. And we found the list for Forrester's predictions for 2014 uh, customer service trends. And honestly, the, the theme of this could be <laughs> the more things change, the, the more, more they, they seem to say the same. The same. <laughs> 
Because many of these things we are still talking about. They're trend number one. Any guesses, Adam, what it was? Trend number one? Mm-hmm. Um, if I guess, do you mean, will I read it off the article in front of me? Sure. Uh, trend <laughs> one is customers demand omni-channel service. Should I insert my omni-channel rant now or later? Oh, well, you know, we, we, <laughs> we're used to certain things here at Crack Customer Code. So go ahead, Adam. <laughs> Speaking of Latin and omni meaning all... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Yeah, I mean, Omnichannel, this was literally trend one in 2014. We have been talking about channels ever since and before, I believe, as well. Um, I don't like the word Omni personally because it does tend to mean all, but it's all semantics because um, I do believe you should uh, be where your customers are, but you also have to allocate your resources intelligently and uh, effectively. And that, that, was pretty, that, that was a pretty low-level rant, right? That wasn't really much. It was ranty. very low-level. I appreciate thank you, thank that. You. I it, tried. That was like a six out of eleven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My rants go to eleven. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that we are still dealing with this idea, though, that customers are in a specific channel. And that's not how we live. That's not how we operate. That's not how we make purchases. And so I think that we're still dealing with people who think, well, I don't have to worry about that part of the experience because I'm in charge of digital, right? Like they literally don't think that they have to worry about anything else. Um, Or, you know, we've seen this recently where there will be a piece of technology involved, maybe a mobile app or maybe... Um, a self-serve kiosk type situation or one of those things. And there are tons of resources and investment in that specific part, but they don't think about things like how can somebody find the app? What happens if they're in the store when they're using the app? What happens if there's a line in front of the thing that they need to use? So we really still have to think about the greater kind of customer journey and not just these individual channels. So I think this is still... A thing, yes. Oh yeah, of course. They're not only demanding it; we expect it, right? We expect this type of service. No, exactly. We well, we expect you know a integrated experience, right? We yes. expect an experience that seamlessly that never really happens, but we try uh, seamlessly. Uh, just sort of flows between the channels the customer wants uh, perfectly at all times, and that's right. You know, that is the goal. It's uh, mm-hmm. a uh, bit uh, lofty goal. That's a very difficult goal. <laughs> it depends on the industry, of course, too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's uh, we'll jump right into trend two because we're talking about apps and channels mm-hmm. and it's a customer service will adopt a mobile first mindset. Now, that's pretty funny to think back on. Like it is. It's it just is. Like, Remember when mobile first was like the thing? Everybody was like, thing. ooh, we've got a design for mobile phones. And everybody <laughs> thought that was so fancy. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like uh, the kids are in school. are like, why am I on this big thing? I have this little oh, thing in my hand. <laughs> I'll, yeah. You know what yeah. I said to my 15-year-old the other day and got a look of pure just <laughs> confusion? Yeah. And this is this is dating me and dating everybody who knows this. I said, what's the 411? Wow, man. <laughs> Which for those of you listening <laughs> who don't know what that reference is, that was what we dialed back in the day to get information that was what you did on the actual landline phone. And I thought, you know, he he looked at me like I had three heads. He had no idea what I was talking about. You thought the because, you, you you knew the practice didn't live on. You thought the phrase had lived on. But I I don't yeah I don't know where little, I pulled that out of. It's not like I've used know. it in the last ten years. I have no idea why I said that. But anyway, 
Um, mobile first was the big thing. And now, of course, it's almost in reverse where a lot of the uh, organizations that have invested so heavily in mobile have kind of neglected other channels as well. So this this goes hand in hand with that first one. If we're not thinking about the entire customer journey and what people need and you know, showing up how we need to show up where they are on their journey, then we're really not doing this well. Yeah, and I think I remember now, I don't remember the episode number, I doubt we'll be able to find it, so forgive me audience if we don't link to it, but I remember us having discussions on the podcast about, um, you know, should companies have their own apps? What are the pros and cons? When should yep. they not? You know, that we talked a lot about a lot of apps failed, a lot of big brands yep. released apps, and there was app overload. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, it's interesting, and that's not necessarily, that hasn't necessarily changed um, no. completely, but it, the dynamics have shifted. Uh, but either way, now you know the phone is the uh, is the it's like it's like the 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 center of the sun, yeah. <laughs> right? For digital experience now. Yeah, it completely is. And uh, you know, to your point about the apps, the actual mobile phone providers have created ways that if you don't use an app for a while, they just get rid of it for you. Um, there are settings that you can say, if I don't use this for thirty days, it just goes off your phone. And so that's because, you know, people were kind of like digging through their app library, yeah, yeah. trying to find the one that they actually needed instead of things that you use once when you happen to be in the store or whatever. So I think that we've come a long way on those, but um, I think there's more maybe consolidation, maybe some ways that we're going to see some more collaboration to make it easier on the individual customer to find what they need. Well, the flaw in the system <laughs> I will tell you my personal opinion. The flaw in the system is the, I don't know, they, they can innovate everything. They can't innovate the the screen on your phone. They can't innovate the ability mm -hmm. to arrange your folders, to create sections, and everything has to be, all, everything's perfectly aligned. Like, they, mm -hmm. is that really that hard to code? Quite frankly, um, I mean that. But that, I mean, that's one of the challenges, right? Is the 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 UX. And mm -hmm. we all we all laud, uh, particularly the iPhone for starting it, but it's it really hasn't changed a lot. It hasn't, and the the real estate hasn't changed that much either. Like, there's only so much space on a phone, even though they've gotten bigger. Um, it's still not, you know, a ton of area to work with. So, there are still some limitations, still some opportunities, and we'll keep tracking all those. I I'm gonna jump ahead because we've got a lot of things yeah. here. Pick, pick one. I am going to jump ahead to trend five that was listed here in 2014, which was companies will explore proactive engagement. Like that is so revolutionary back then. But when you think about it now, of course, of course, it says, you know, we want to anticipate the what, when, where, and how for customers and prioritize information and functionality. So now one of the things that artificial intelligence and machine learning and all these things are starting to provide for us is this way to predict um, what does a customer need in this moment? What can we put in front of them? What is the right information? How do we make sure that they have the right information to make a decision to move forward in their journey? And I think the the whole idea of predictive analytics and marrying all that with you know what we've learned about customer behavior and what we know about how people behave. Um, that's where we really get into this idea of surprising people with proactive journeys instead of just constantly reacting to their needs. Well, yeah. And I, I mean, if you, 
if we think back to 2014, I think a lot of the discussion then was, wow, we have all this data. Yep. We're going to have this, right? Uh, but we weren't talking about AI so much back then. Oh, right? not it at all. Really, yeah. not, I mean, I mean, academics were, but yeah, we right. weren't. You and I weren't talking right. about AI. Uh, and it was, how do we process this data? How do we use it? Uh, we're like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, we didn't realize that these mobile phones leave a, you know, mountain of yep. history and uh, patterns and all these things. Now we're 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 achieving the singularity, Jeannie. We're, we're, we're reaching the singularity. <laughs> the 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 machines are getting smart enough to sort through all this data and make uh, yep. distinctions and do yep. this proactive, um, incredibly powerful and somewhat creepy, um, yep. <laughs> uh, you know, customer. Um, you know, essentially well, enhancement and um, also what would you say? What's the word I want? It's like uh, sort of pushing, right? Pushing the customer, yeah. nudging. That's the word I wanted. Well, bit. and I think this is where we get into those sticky subjects, like that famous, you know, viral thing from a while ago of the woman who got the prompt for a pregnancy test um, in her in her app at the store. And she was like, what is going on? <laughs> and so, you know, once you start blurring the lines between um, privacy, user privacy and customer privacy and uh, these types of predictions and analytics, it can get, it can get pretty blurry. So shout out to all the data scientists out there because they're working really hard to solve some of these issues, but we also need to align those with ethics and with understanding human behavior and human needs in a way that goes way beyond just what are they putting in their cart. And we've talked about that on the podcast, right? We've talked about that um, several times about how AI needs this. Well, I want to say you just brought up a topic. I did a little quick, uh, little quick test while we were, while we were talking here, you you mentioned privacy. I was like, Ooh, I didn't remember seeing that. So I just uh, searched privacy on that page. Privacy was not mentioned in this article of predictions wow. of what was coming. Think about that. That is telling, isn't it? That That's a big change right there. Yeah, We've that's talked a huge... about that a lot. Yeah. And it's something that I think also um, customers in general have just become so much savvier about their own privacy, what they want, how to protect their data, how to um, really demand that they get uh, certain protections as a customer in ways that it, you know, we, we weren't even talking about back then. So the last eight years, a lot has changed. Now, I got a big one here. We're going to jump ahead. We can go back. We can, we can yeah. bounce around. I'm going for trend 10 because this is almost funny at this point mm -hmm. um, based on what has happened with the uh, Great Resignation, the pandemic, and all of that. Trend 10, the agent experience is no longer an afterthought. Uh, customer service agents who use 10 or even hundreds of disconnected applications during their workday are demanding that their solutions be more usable so that they can focus on solving the customer's issues, et cetera. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's interesting here is when you look at the headline, what I thought about was, oh yeah, let's take care of our agents. Let's make sure they have what they need. Let's make sure, um, we care about them as people, because I think right now there's a lot more focus on wellness. There's a lot more focus on um, yeah, on empathy, on making sure that people have what they need. And this is basically talking about the, um, the tools that they're using. And at the time, this was a huge issue, right? Like we had to, agents had to search one um, 
application for the knowledge base. They had to search another one for customer data. They had to search another one for just connecting with people. So now a lot of that is more centralized, but the data is still not centralized enough. That is the biggest challenge I think we have. Customer data is not centralized enough. Right. And this is a nar sort of narrowly construed uh mm -hmm you know, interpretation of the headline, because when right. I think of agent experience, you know, we talk about even back then, this is still very important. Uh, it's basically, you know, employee experience, hassle, the hassle-free employee experience. Mm -hmm. um, but what is really interesting is that when we look at it now, we're not just looking at, okay, centralized data, we're looking at, okay, policies and procedures, mm -hmm. empowerment, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah work from home what tool yep. what tools are you given to do all of these things how do they enable how do they enable you to do hybrid work right so it's right just so much while broader still protecting now. customer privacy yeah, right exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. it all comes together yeah it's a big yeah. circle it is a big circle but it's fun to look back um it's fun to look back it's fun to look forward uh i think we can you know, use this perspective that we have specifically within the lens of working through these issues in the last eight years on the podcast to look ahead and wonder what will we be talking about in eight years. Even if we're not on the podcast, when you and I are having our unofficial bourbon summit in in eight years, what do you think some of the things are that we will be talking about in eight years from now? Well, I'm just gonna have to sort of start with my old standby since it's sort of my my message in a lot of ways, uh, which is we are still going to be talking about human beings. Mm -hmm. uh, all of these things that we're talking about now, we may be talking as we just sort of pointed out with Trend 10 um, about different mechanics, mm -hmm. but we're still gonna be talking about work life, uh, you know, health, empathy, um, generational shifts. What does that mean? How, what is the, yep. in 10 years, eight years, we're going to be saying, what is this new crop of youngins? Oh, you know, right. what, uh, Generation what Alpha, is that who it will is be? That, oh, I, I can't keep up anymore. I, 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 stopped with, <laughs> I stopped with Zed or Zeta, however you want to use it. I know I'm speaking British today, but um, so I, I think that would be one. I'll sort of mm -hmm. go with my standby. I do believe we haven't, uh, our brains will not evolve like technology. They haven't yet, and they won't in eight more years. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think we're still yep. going to be grappling with some of these ethical questions, too, around privacy, around, you know, if people want certain types of technology, how far do we want to take that? You know, there was that story of the guy who had the scanner in his arm to get into work faster. You know, <laughs> like, how far are people going to take this? from that customer perspective or from that employee's perspective. And um, I think that those will be big questions as we, as we march on through the future, as well as just how do we continue to make things easier when, while people's brains aren't evolving quite as fast, they are evolving differently. We have shorter attention spans. We have less time. We want things in a faster way all the time. And so when does that, you know, speed get to that point where, Maybe we can't keep up or we shouldn't keep up. So I think it's going to be interesting. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is, gosh, wouldn't it be nice if in eight years, we're not just talking about customer experience in a lot of these places, we're actually doing things. <laughs> because there are still places that call themselves customer centric. They talk about having customer experience leadership, but they're not actually doing more than talking about it. And so I hope that we get to a point where we see it as a strategy 
in business that you can use to earn revenue and um, succeed, really. Yeah, so I mean, I think that'll, well, you know my attitude. Uh, oh, good. You, thank you for teeing it up to drop a little economics in here. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, I think that will determine uh, how much how much of what you want you get, Jeannie, is uh, mm -hmm. what, what industries, uh, how different industries are doing in eight years, what those competitive landscapes look like is mm -hmm. customer experience, the uh, competitive advantage it has become in so many industries. And it the should more, be. Uh, the more they've got to figure out what that advantage is, and they're going to realize in the great majority of cases, it's experience. I think mm -hmm. the more we're going to we're going to see our dream world, Jeannie, evolve. <laughs> I sure hope so. I sure hope so. But well, I think uh, you know, as we look back, one thing we want to do is thank the people who've been around for the ride with us, right? One hundred percent. So all of you here who have been listening to us, maybe from episode 000, <laughs> all the way through, or maybe just this is your first episode. We, we love you too. So thank you for listening to Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of C-Suite Radio, and we just appreciate you and appreciate our sponsor, Forethought. So be sure to check out forethought.ai slash ctcc to learn more about human-centered AI and how you can get a $100 gift card. Not bad for $4.99 here. All right. Well, thank you, Adam. This is always so fun. I'm Jeannie Walters. You can find me at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Depork. And make sure to check out our final episode. We will be uh, having our Bourbon Summit number 500. So next week, make sure to check it out um, because we're going to have a special goodbye episode for all of you. We truly appreciate it. You can find me, as always, at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. Take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.